Supercharged, a podcast focusing on renewable energy and the passion behind the movement. Supercharged is a thoughtful journey through renewable energy sustainability and an integrated lifestyle. Subscribe and listen each week as we chat with thought leaders, influencers, and those who simply choose to live a better way. And hopefully along the way, you too will be inspired to live Supercharged. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Supercharged, the podcast about sustainability and an integrated lifestyle. And my guest today is Jeremy Clark. Jeremy, thanks for joining us on Supercharged. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, man, you've got a uh, you got a, a really interesting background. Uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a while, and and uh, but I, we're going to get into that. But just tell the audience a little bit about Jeremy Clark. No, absolutely. So. Um... I've been in the energy energy industry about 10 years or so now. So I, I graduated with a mechanical engineering degree, got into hydraulic modeling of natural gas pipeline systems. I did some, some work with different power plants, doing thermodynamic curves and, and tracking performance on those. And, and since then have um, been in various other roles in, in energy and, and now I find myself in, in renewable natural gas taking manure from swine and turning it into a product that we can use at our homes. So you, you currently work for a, a large energy producer on the east coast that, that is primary what's their primary energy source or energy production? Yeah so we would consider ourselves an integrated utility but we provide regulated power throughout most of Virginia and some of North Carolina, uh, as well as a lot of power generation in the mid-Atlantic region. And so we're predominantly in power generation, transmission distribution, as well as natural gas distribution in several other states. But we, we total 18 states for our footprint. So how long have you been with this company? So I've been there just over 10 years now, right out of college and haven't left. So you've seen obviously a lot of, a lot of uh, change in those 10 years. Have you seen a, a pretty major shift in the company toward uh, you know, renewable energy or kind of alternative energy sources? Yeah, no, it's been amazing actually. I mean, if you look at 10 years, depending on how you look at it can seem like a long time, but it's also a fairly short amount of time when it comes to, you know, just energy infrastructure as a whole, because projects take a while to develop. But when I started uh, in 2010, there was a pretty large movement going on converting from natural gas, or sorry, converting from coal to natural gas. And at the time, um, it was the Obama era, like clean power plan and and the EPA was looking at um, requiring um, different carbon offsets and that sort of thing for uh, companies. And so there was a big move predominantly uh, based on that and the fact that there was a new um, drilling technique for natural gas called hydraulic fracturing, which can be controversial, but it essentially made natural gas extremely cheap and efficient to use while it's 50% of the emissions uh, from a carbon standpoint. And so we were well underway converting lots of our power generating assets from coal to natural gas. When I had started uh, on the power gen side, I worked on 
quite a few projects. I think we had $6 billion worth of growth projects over a five-year period that I had started with Dominion, just expanding the natural gas pipelines that we had so that power plants and, and folks that used coal could switch over to natural gas. And that's since evolved from that point to looking at how can we even push it further from natural gas into you know, cleaner sources such as solar, wind, uh, supplementing that with natural gas, and then even further into these newer types of prog projects like renewable natural gas and, and, and those types of things that I'm doing now. So we, we've kind of talked a little bit on the macro scale of things about, you know, kind of the, the large energy producers and distributors, but on a, on a more micro scale, just, just you as an individual. So how, how would you define, you know, when you hear the term sustainability, how would you define that personally? Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, you know, sustainability is truly being able to um, have your existence and the way that you live your life be repeatable and something that doesn't cause damage to the environment and the community in an ongoing basis that can't be repaired. And so trying to make sure you're, you're doing everything that you can um, to have renewable resources is a good way to, to start. So what, you, what are some, some things that you've kind of done personally that you maybe put into place? You, you, uh, your wife that, that is kind of in this space that are just, you know, small things that, that may over time have a larger impact. Yeah, no, I think, you know, the, the easy things are just making sure that we're, you know, looking at our, our recycling, what kind of packaging for the things that we buy. But, you know, we like to, um, we kind of get made fun of sometimes our, our family and friends, but we like to, you know, reuse certain things that, you know, instead of buying new, finding where we can reuse. And that's been popular in some areas with reclaimed wood for, for decorations and that sort of thing. And, but we like to try to, um, to, to live by that standard as well. So is that, that's more at home as, what have you seen just like uh, in the workplace that, you know, what is, what has uh, your, your company that you work for, what are some things that they actually put in place, maybe even in the, in their work environment that you can see that, you know, they're trying to make an impact? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so it's, it's everything from, we just recently built a, a new building downtown and it's your, your lead certifications, which mean you know, designing the building so that the natural light gets through the windows and can reach everybody's desks and you don't have to use a lot of lighting electricity for that. You know, everybody doesn't have big trash cans by their desk. You know, we've got centralized trash cans to encourage people to, to minimize trash use. Um, you know, going, going green with our printing and everything. You know, we got little stickers that remind us, you know, the impact of what each page, you know, does to the environment and and what that costs. And so just being aware of it, right? I mean, we're not going to necessarily be able to cut out everything if we want to, you know, run our business efficiently, but being aware of it and, and setting up our, our employees to make good decisions, I think is, is a very good way to look at it. So yeah, I know you mentioned earlier that you kind of transitioned to, um, you know, a special project that really deals with like pig waste. So tell me how that how that transition occurred and, and kind of drill down on the specifics of what the, you know what just what are the details around the project? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because 
uh, I joke to people when they ask me what I do, I kind of, the first uh, comment I make, you know, have you seen Mad Max, how they use the uh, cow manure? And um, I should probably know more about that movie so that I stop telling people to look at it, but um, it's similar to that. And so what we do, and I'll back up kind of to, to how it started, but, you know, we're a big, like I'd said, large integrated utility. And several years back, I believe it was 2017, you know, our CEO came to kind of an all hands meeting. And, and one of his big things was, you know, utilities are one of the last remaining monopolies out there and the opposition's coming for us. You know, if we don't do things to stay relevant, making sure we're doing everything we can to you know, serve the communities in the way that they want to be served. You know, we can't be the blockbusters of the world and say, you know what, people are always going to come in and rent our VHS in person, right? And so with that in mind, you know, we have set up uh, an organization focusing on innovation, um, breaking out multidisciplinary groups that we call sprint teams that would, from all over the company, just thinking about you know, how we can be relevant, what are our customers looking for, what are their new business opportunities that could supplement what we're doing. And so we had looked into renewable natural gas um, that had been talked about a little bit. There wasn't a lot of uh, companies doing it. There really wasn't any utilities um, getting into it. But uh, really, as we looked at our natural gas infrastructure, this renewable aspect really um, rung a light bulb for us. And so renewable natural gas in its essence is just methane that would have otherwise been emitted into the atmosphere that we're gonna go out and capture and use it for a good source, right? So kind of back to what I was saying in my personal life, whereas we try to use, reuse as many things as we can. And so that's essentially what renewable natural gas is. And so uh, we have a partnership with one of the largest pork producers in the world and people, you know, they eat ham, they eat bacon and, and manure is just part of the process of, of, of a pig growing. And so you've got this product that's not necessarily a good thing, right? I mean, we would consider it a waste stream. And so how can you make a better use of that? And so um, there is energy content in there and the way that we in simple terms, look at it is we would take that manure, put it into a big swimming pool and put a cover over it, right? And um, once it's captured, uh, there's no oxygen inside of there. And so bacteria can break it down. It turns into about 65% methane, 35% CO2, and there's a few other things, but you know, it, it's a pretty simple process, right? And because what goes in comes out, right? And so there's you know, the feed, but we have a pretty good idea of, of what's in the feed and, and what's going to come out. And so really no, no surprises there, but we capture that. And then we just go through a process of, of cleaning it up, right? I mean, we have to take the water, the, um, the, basically the condensate out of it so that we can move it either via pipeline or, or truck um, to a location to be cleaned up. And, and we've got some simple technology, really. There's a couple of big ones, one that we call a pressure swing absorption system. And that's kind of like if you go to um, a shoe store, shoe carnival, and you buy yourself some Sperry's, and then usually you'll see a little packet of little beads in there. Mm -hmm. that silicone, that yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's basically a couple of towers, you know, filled up with those. 
that just absorbs the CO2, but it doesn't absorb the methane. And so we use a simple process like that to take it out and then you've got essentially 99% methane. You connect up with a pipeline that's already running you know, down the street to, to go to people's homes and you, you put the renewable natural gas in it and deliver it to the customers. How efficient is it compared to say just normal natural gas? Is it, does it burn about the same? Does it produce about the same amount of energy? Yeah, no, so you know, you would, um, you would look at the heat content of the gas. And so being that what we're taking is essentially almost pure methane, it's probably um, gonna be a cleaner, more efficient, more steady burn than even your normal natural gas. And so um, it, it is very much equivalent. Pipelines have pretty strict um, gas quality requirements. So if it wasn't equivalent, they wouldn't let us put it in. Mm -hmm. They'd shut us in. And so we do have to monitor it to make sure nothing gets in unexpected. But you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, it's, a, it's a, a really great replacement and you would never notice the difference. So what happens with all of this waste that you've collected in this, you know, veritable swimming pool? So after you after you've extracted the methane gas from it, does it break down? Do you then have to dis dispose of, of what's left? I mean, what happens to it? Because I would think you at yeah. some point in time you're filling up the pool. Yeah, right. And so that big pool, we call it a um, either a covered lagoon or a digester. And part of the existing process, I guess, is a good place to start. And so the existing process, it just goes to that lagoon or pool without a cover on it. So it, the process is that it goes in there and it sits there and it breaks down to a point to where, um, you know, most of it gets emitted over time. But as part of their practices, they do um, at times dredge the lagoons, they do field apply it, you know, there's nitrogen, some other stuff in it, you can use it for fertilizer, what's it's left like over. Composting uh, type thing will that, break down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that's predominantly how it's used today, but it does build up over time, you know, over 10, 20 years, you slowly have, you know, a layer build up that you can't get rid of everything. Uh, and that does have to get removed and, and treated um, in a more central location. And that's, you know, that's a big cost driver for, for farmers. And so that's another aspect of, of the project that's, I think, really beneficial uh, to what we're doing because uh, you eliminate some of those needs as well. When you compare like this, this new, you know, methane gas capture technique when you compare it to other alternative energy sources like solar or like wind, what's the what's the cost comparison and efficiency? I mean, is it almost like for like, or is you know methane gas so much still so much cheaper because we have the infrastructure to deal with it? What's the and and maybe what is the future? What do you see in the in the next say three to five years? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, you know, there's a couple things that come to mind for me that I think are, are interesting facts. And so I, I truly believe there's still gonna be a kind of all of the above um, approach that really needs to happen if we want to make progress um, towards being as sustainable as we can moving forward. And so solar energy, um, it's very good. It's carbon neutral, right? It doesn't generate any carbon in the actual operations. Um, it does take a fair amount of land and 
its load factor is about 25%. So what that means is 75% of the day, it's not producing electricity. And so it's, it's a good resource, but it's not something that you can have that runs all the time that's um, reliable, so to speak. And winds similar, right? You just have less control over it. And so the costs are higher for solar to build, or sorry, for wind to build. But again, you can generate a good amount of electricity uh, and it's carbon free. And so those, those types of things are very important to have to supplement the, the kind of the energy mix, if you will, to actually have a reliable grid for entire cities and, and areas. And, um, and so renewable natural gas fits into that mix very well because as I had said before, it's actually carbon negative, right? And so it's not just not producing any carbon, it's actually taking more carbon out of the atmosphere hmm. than would have otherwise um, you know, been without the project. And so because methane is such a powerful greenhouse gas, it's actually 25 times more potent than, than CO2. And so when you talk about emissions, these renewable natural gas projects really, you know, pack a, a, a pretty big punch. And so, you know, some of the projects that we're doing, I mean, you talk about clustering a few farms together, you can maybe serve 3000 homes with that energy, but you're also looking at the carbon impact of taking like 30,000 cars off the road indefinitely, just from that. And it is methane, right? And so it is there 24 seven, you know, if you turn on your stove, at midnight for your midnight stack, you know, it's gonna be there, right? And so, although it may be at this point in time, a small portion of that, it helps to offset the, the carbon footprint of that resource, which is needed in the, um, in the times where solar and wind is not generating. And so right now, you know, if I'm being fully transparent with you, renewable natural gas is more expensive than other sources. And that's predominantly because of the, you know, the small volumes, generally speaking, like, what we're generating from these farms are not what you could get from drilling it. And, and so it, it is more expensive than regular natural gas, but there's several different markets, some compliance that they're willing to pay more to offset their carbon footprint because the government says, you know, they have to do it. But then there's some voluntary folks um, like your Googles and Facebooks of the world that want to say, you know, we want to be truly carbon neutral or somebody that may even want to be carbon negative and they're willing to pay the higher price. So it's more expensive, but it doesn't necessarily translate into higher prices for us on our electricity bill um, without it. But there's enough people that see the benefits that want to pay for that extra price. And then our goal is, you know, over time, we're going to get better, more efficient and drive that price down just as we saw uh, with, with solar prices, you know, a decade ago. Right. You mentioned something I don't want to fly by. I mean, you you talked about the kind of the benefits of, of renewable natural gas, and and I can understand you know kind of processing the methane gas, and it you know it, it turns into this this renewable natural gas. But what do you do with the CO two? Well, there, you said there's yeah, like thirty no. percent of CO two left over, um, yep. and I can see the huge advantage. I you know I give a chance to answer in just a second, but I, I can see a huge advantage of not just releasing these gases into the atmosphere as a whole. So, but I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, I know what you're doing with the methane, but where's the CO2 going? Yeah, no, good question, man. I was kind of slide that one under the radar, but um, since you caught me on that one, 
a couple of things. One, right now it does go back to the atmosphere because there's not a good place to put it. And so you may have heard of carbon capture, um, some things that companies are doing. I think Exxon's been working on that. You know, we've looked into that, which is essentially capturing carbon, storing it underground so it doesn't get into the atmosphere. That's extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. There's no real market for carbon, so to speak. We're looking into ways to do this because we 100% agree um, the long-term plan is uh, having a way to, to tackle that problem as well. And so what I'm aware of right now that are potentials is, is using that kind of in algae farms, as silly as that sounds. Um, that's one potential. And then there's a much more complicated process to whereas you can use electrolysis and hydrogen mixes to, to blend this carbon molecules into different molecules and make more methane out of it. And I won't get into the science on that, but you know, there's a lot of exciting things that are they're coming down the line that I could see maybe, you know, in the longer, in maybe not three to five years, but you know, in the five to ten year range, then then hopefully those will will also be items that we can kind of tag on to this and, and keep moving progress forward. So, so I didn't mean to call you out on the on the carbon offset because <laughs> I I mean I, I do think the 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 methane capture you said it's a lot more potent anyway than than carbon dioxide and just the whole idea of you know releasing the methane just into the atmosphere too but you're actually offsetting that but you you did mention the word uh, we talked earlier just briefly about carbon offsets so what exactly is that and are the I think I've heard the term credits, you know, like carbon credits, you know, like that. So what does that mean as, as we're kind of wrapping up today? Yep, no, absolutely. And so um, a, a basically a carbon credit or renewable energy credit, however you want to call it, is essentially a credit that is assigned when you generate any kind of renewable resource. So if you've got solar or wind, you generate, say you generate 10 megawatts, you can get 10 credits to either sell to a customer so that they can link their usage to a renewable source, or you can keep it um, so that your you know, offset is, is gone down. Um, so, you know, we'll, you know, go say there's like a festival on the street downtown, the watermelon festival in, in the city here. We'll go down and you'll see a little tent and there'll be people up and they'll say, hey, you know, if you want to be more sustainable, what you can do is you can pay a little bit extra on your bill in order to make sure that you're purchasing energy from a solar farm or a wind farm. And if you pay that little extra money on your bill each month, effectively what you're doing is you're purchasing these renewable energy credits or the carbon offsets. Um, that get matched up with your usage uh, that verifies that you've used less carbon. And so for us in the renewable natural gas space, uh, there's a couple of different ones, but the federal government has one that's called the REN credit program. It's just renewable identification number, but refineries are required to purchase some of these to offset their emissions. And then there's one in California that's a really big deal it's called the, the low carbon fuel standard. And so um, the California Air Resource Board has put together this big program and they're trying to incentivize lower emissions. 
related to transportation. And so basically people can use natural gas in vehicles and that purchase um, is where the credits get sold into and, and we can generate a fair amount um, additional revenue from our projects um, that go into those programs. And so it's, a, it's pretty exciting to see more and more states and more companies get on board with this and seeing the value in the production. And so these offsets are really the, the formal way to track and verify that yes, I have you know, purchased from a renewable source and this is how much offset that, that I've taken uh, for my business. I, I, uh, I like the way you phrased it a minute ago. You like, and I don't know if you use this exact terms, but I think utilities are often in the crosshairs. You know, the <laughs> utilities that have, that have historically maybe used, you know, non-renewable energy sources that, uh, you know, like fossil fuels and, and things like that, that, you know, to produce energy. And, and uh, I mean, it's just exciting to, to talk to folks like you that, that are, have, you know, their heartbeat is to find alternative ways, you know, ways that we can move forward, that we can be more sustainable, that we can, we can leave it, you know, better for our children and our grandchildren than, than what we, we, you know, walked into. And that goes all the way back to how you defined, you know, sustainability in the very beginning and, you know, existing in a repeatable manner without, without harming the environment in an irreparable way. I mean, what a way to kind of, kind of tie that up. And, Jeremy, I, I just appreciate you taking the time today and just sharing with our, our listening audience a little bit about just the uniqueness about just different approaches to, to energy and, and some of the things that, that uh, you know, the big bad utility companies are trying to do to really, you know, make this uh, a better place. And is there anything you want to just wrap us up with today as we, as we close? No, I appreciate that. And, you know, you know, in summary, I would say, you know, make no mistake about it. Like I would say five years ago, people laughed at us for trying to do this. They said, you're crazy. You know, you're wasting money. You know, you're wasting resources. And now there's people scrambling to say, guys, you know, we want to be more like you. You're making a difference. And so there's absolutely hope out there and we're going to push forward and we're going to make it happen. What a way so thanks to end for the podcast. They used to laugh, and uh, it's almost like a Gandhi quote. There, I'm That's right. The, uh, they used to laugh at us, and now they want to be like us. So, man, thanks again for taking the time today and just just uh, helping our listening audience just move a little closer to an integrated lifestyle that is encouraging others to do the same. Jeremy, have a great afternoon. Awesome. Thank you very much. You too.